Glory, glory, Sacramento. Welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your host, Nolan. Today, I'm excited to bring to the listeners the man we have been talking about for many episodes so far. He's been away from us for the past two years in the northern regions of California, gaining knowledge and wisdom, and has now been awarded the title of Bachelor of Arts and is back in Vacaville in the Sacramento area, supporting the men in red. His name is Zach Winnick. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank well, you for that awesome intro. Of course. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to talk some soccer today. How does it feel to be an artistic bachelor? An artistic... Ar- I'm not just a bachelor. I'm an artistic bachelor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels good. It feels, it feels freeing to have that and uh, be done with homework. No mm-hmm. more homework for me. I, I am an artistic bachelor, and in two years, I will be a divine master. Yeah, Whoa. Not just a, ma- a divine master. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Masters in divinity. Book. Yes. I will be a divine. Oh, that's cool. That's going to be nice. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, as we have said for the past couple episodes, uh, we, we've talked about, we have teased, we have mentioned uh, the the state of the club show coming, and we felt that this was a good week to do it. Because there was no game to review this past week, so that we're not skipping out on anything. Uh, the game that we should be previewing for this coming week is San Antonio. They're below us on the table, so we feel like we can maybe skip over doing that preview. Because if we're not winning that game, then there are even bigger problems that we need to talk about. And so we felt like it was a good time to talk about the state of the club on this show. Um, so this is, this is what we've done. We have looked at the season as a whole so far. We've kind of noticed some things happening and we said, okay, this is not normally where Sacramento is. We are not used to being 12th in the table. That is, that's not normal for us. So we asked ourselves the question, the simple question, what is the state of the club? Not just on the field, but the club as a whole. Okay. So that's going to include everything from game day atmosphere and expansion and on the field performance, all those things. Um, so that is the parameter. It's a big question. Mm-hmm. So Nolan, I'm going to throw it to you first. You've already teased it with a couple of unique word choices mm-hmm. with some descriptive descriptions. Nolan, what is the state of the club for you? Yeah, Scott, uh, last episode I said, I gave my two words to to capture um this season thus far and those two words were confused and puberty and let me tell you why we're confused because we don't know who we are but we're growing and it's painful right now but at the end of it it's going to be a beautiful nice mature major league soccer club because mls is coming to sacramento this summer okay Um, so so that was a good intro yes that was my intro uh but yeah the state of the club right now um, we lack a lot of things. So mm. in my notes, I have, we lack attacking ability. We la- lack the ability to close out games and we lack squad depth. Um, so the last five games we have, uh, drawn a game and lost three and won one. And the one win came against Fresno midweek game. And it was a, margin uh, one to zero one to zero margin of victory um so we just haven't been convincing in 
really anything we've done. We've, yeah. Well, and not, not only that, not only have we lost three games, the three games that we lost were a 4-2 loss, yeah. a 4-1 loss, and a 3-1 loss. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever experienced a stretch of games like that. Yeah, and if I could, kind of building off that, um, if I could add another thing we lack, it's, I think, mental toughness. It's something we see um, a couple times, especially in this El Paso game. We saw it um, a couple times through this season as well. We get down a goal, and then we let another quick goal in. That mental toughness is something that's lacking, um, especially, I think, in the starting eleven. Yeah, and Zach would know because he played college soccer. Mm, he did. Yeah. A whole preseason. We're, we're yeah, actually going to have a whole interview, With a Zach. whole 15-minute interview. Coming out next week. Next you're week. listening to this, this next, next At time, time of recording, it is Thursday, May 23rd, yes. I believe. But when you're listening to this, it should be Tuesday. Yes. The end of, the end of May, whatever date that is. Yeah. I'll talk about my... my one preseason game. Well, let's not give it away. Let's not give it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but but when when detail. when the listeners hear <laughs> Zach's interview, that should be in June, mm. right? Yeah, yeah that's what we talked time. about. Yeah, because I won't be here. I'll be in another country. Having you'll be on the marriage. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be on the ocean, right? Aren't you taking a cruise? Yeah, Ooh, and I'll be in Disneyland. Open seas. I'll, I'll I'll have I'll do a review of Star Wars Land. Oh, that's right. it just opened. Yeah, the two things that are open when I'm there. That's There's one so restaurant nice. and one ride. Really? That's it. What's wrong? It's gonna look really cool though. I I just don't know if they're. I think they're still working out, like kinks and stuff. They'll probably build on it. Huh? Yeah. Huh. But anyway, cool. <laughs> back Excited. to back to the club. Yeah. Quick wrap. Um. Yeah. Zach. Mental toughness. That. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying with the lack of ability to close out games because in the Las Vegas game, Sacramento goes up one zero, mm. and end up losing the game four two. Um, three goals in 10 minutes, kind of fluky. Okay, let's move on. Get a win in Fresno. Great. Mm-hmm. Things are on the upswing. Play Reno at home. Uh, score a wonder goal from Mitchell Tainer. Yeah. Up 1-0 again and end up losing yeah. the game 4-1. to one. So yeah. it's... I, I think the word that you've used multiple times, Nolan, is capitulation. Capitulation. I don't I even like know what that word, word means, it but... It's just like... Ju- it's just like you have it. It's just like, all right screw it we're done like 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 you just like throw down your guns and walk home because you didn't get paid or something like that like it's just total yeah you just, like give, you up. just give up you just give up got it um and so now now i'm speculating so so would you say like capitulation is like a 400 pound person who does like a diet for like three days and then just eats like a whole like box of oreos and drinks like three liters of yeah diet coke it's, it's almost like someone who's on a diet and then uh was doing good for three days and then ate an oreo and then they're like screw it i'm already in the tank might as well have a whole pizza while i'm uh, at it okay it's like got well we got it. equalized might as well lose the game <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> they scored one yeah. might as well pack it in yeah. and what's, go home. <laughs> what's that game we went to with a bunch of people what, reno who, was it, it was, it was, the, yeah, reno it was game. the reno it was the, it was the league game yeah it was reno yeah in that game towards the end you see i think the last two goals that's exactly what it was yeah it was like well we're down two one might as well go down four one now yeah. yeah it's just and and again in el paso um we're down two one and there's 20 30 minutes left it's again that mental toughness like there were some dives that happened they got into our heads and all of a sudden they they get a foul they they send a quick ball over to the corner 
and a cross in quick goal from a very you know talented striker that they have over there yeah um yeah totally agree and i think what we're seeing on the field um with this capitulation the the lack of mental toughness whatever it is there there is some of that but part of me wonders whether this is the the team is uh, scott might be able to, to add a shed a little light on this but, but whether a four two three one attacking formation mm. is something that fits this squad well yeah. uh, okay so like uh i think it should be but as you said earlier we don't have all the pieces or all the players you, you said like we're missing a lot yeah and I, I i think we could trace this problem back multiple years of just not having the production on the wing that we have wanted like when bijev was first loaned from portland mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the guy that like solved the problems and like he did good and i think that's why we signed him mm-hmm. um but it, it was never even to now he's hurt right now but it, it was never like he exploded and like oh yes this guy's amazing but like that's what he was brought in to do i think it was the same with with tyler blackwood it, you know like he has this big pedigree he was doing well in phoenix arizona before he came over but it just never really worked out and then he he leaves goes to swope park plays striker up top and does amazing or scores nine goals and has a few assists comes back has done nothing and now he's hurt so only one of really the the past few signings on the wing has worked out uh kevin Olimon hasn't worked out he was hurt for a lot last year and he's been healthy this year hasn't really done much just looks slow the only guy that's really worked out is sam warner mm-hmm. and even with that like he's the second he, he he's a second goal scoring option like he's not the main guy no. if we want a main guy on the wing then i don't think we should be signing like 22 year olds because 22 year olds that are that talented aren't staying in usl they're going to better leagues around the world so yeah I, tough. yeah I, I think that's like the biggest thing that we're missing so like with with the four two three one, like you have to have some type of production from the wing like they don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be goals but then it needs to be assist and we're not getting either from the wing and to be fair we're not getting any from up top either like we love Bonomo because of how hard he works and the type of hold up play that he gives, but he's not scoring. So if we're not getting goals from the wing or assists from the wing, and we're not getting goals from our center forward, literally everything rests on Cameron Awasa's shoulders. And like we've said 5 million times before, if he's not in the lineup, we don't know where goals are going to come from. Like we're basically crossing our fingers that Sam Warner is going to have like four step overs and, make something happen within the first 20 minutes or you know he, he made something happen late against reno in the open cup but that was kind of I, I almost can't credit that as like a normal thing that happens because it was a a reno essentially like reserve team so like yeah we can't expect that in every game because teams don't play their reserve teams so so 
I really just think we're missing we're missing a winger. Now, if we want to say let's go away from the 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 type of formation and you maybe throw Awasa up top, which it, I think he's shown that's where he should be. Yeah. Because he gets the ball in more dangerous areas. He's when when he's playing in the midfield, like I was just watching the the El Paso game. When he gets the ball in the midfield, he now has to dribble through or pass through or shoot through a midfielder and a defensive line to get to goal. Where when he's playing forward, he doesn't have to do that. He should be receiving the ball already behind that last midfielder. So now he only has yeah. to deal with center backs. And that's who he is as a player. He's an attacking player. That's just his his skill set, his mindset is to be a finisher. So putting in the, him in the midfield, I just don't think is best suited for who he is as a player either. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, area on the pitch that I think needs attention is in the central midfield. Um, Ray Sari is an amazing uh, midfielder. I don't think he's someone we need, we can rely on to play at the heart of the central defense at that central defensive midfield midfield position. Um, he's a small diminutive guy. He's quick. He's fast. He gets past people, but in transition, when we have big, fast, strong strikers that are countering on Sacramento who have put numbers forward, I, it, we just can't depend on, him to be able to make those those crucial tackles or you know body someone up and and get the ball back he's just not the kind of player that can do that um and scott you mentioned to me uh yesterday talking about jeremy hall and how productive he was for us in that position last year um and how we're seeing the uh yeah the fallout from him not being in that squad not finding a suitable replacement for him as well yeah well I don't think like Ray Sari is terrible. Like I, I think he's a talented player, but he's not. He's not as talented as Jeremy Hall. I mean, there's a reason that Jeremy Hall played, you know, three or four years in Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because he's a talented guy. And then he went over to Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay was in the NASL, and the NASL had some teams that were clearly better, and you know, just head and shoulders above every USL team. So, um, I, I think that he, I, I, I would actually disagree slightly. I think he's good at breaking up play. Like I think Ray Sari's strength is slowing counterattacks hmm. because he, he can cover ground laterally. He does get knocked off some tackles because he is smaller, but I think his weakness is when we are in possession, he, I don't think is able to cycle the ball and make uh long switches and or passes between the lines like jeremy hall like jeremy hall just had better vision yeah um and we i I don't think people realize how much we relied on jeremy hall to make like to start offensive plays now we're kind of relying a bit more on our center backs because ray sorry isn't that type of passer so that's why I think you signed Deco Keenan is because he, he's a pretty good passer. But then when he's not in the game and Cameron Awas is not in the game, I feel like we're, we have no ideas. Even the El Paso game, Deco Keenan didn't play. He's 35 years old, so he has to rest. 
and it was it felt like at times hard for us to do anything with the ball except for put it on the on the wing which then i think teams just spring the trap and say okay go out on the wing then we'll, yeah. we'll shove three guys out there yep. and close you down yep. um and that's a tactic that teams around the world use like the classic way or the, the way that teams have been stopping Real Madrid recently trap. is that exact thing. Hey, we're going to clog the middle of the field, let you get on on the wing and then shut you down. Yep. So you have these amazing fullbacks like Sacramento has been in the past has had these really talented fullbacks, but if there's no room for them to operate, they either have to be so technically gifted that they can do special things to get around you mm-hmm. or you have to be able to break down teams in different ways which I think maybe points to why Sacramento signs Juan Barahona because he is a more technically gifted fullback than Shannon Gomez or whoever else is on the team, McCrary, Horde. Yeah. But then because we're not deep enough, Horde has to play midfield. And Mm -hmm. it's the same problem. Like he's not technically gifted. Like he's literally put in there to do one thing, cross the ball in. So he sends three crosses in, and that's that's basically what he's in there. I mean, he does some work defensively, but mm. he, yeah, it, it's all it all goes back to we are missing pieces in the midfield. We're missing wingers, a central striker. It feels like one thing I have in my notes is that <clears throat> we're solid. Our back line is solid. I really like that we have. Three strong center backs. Like when we rotate a center back, I don't feel like, oh, great, you know, now, now we're exposed, you know, on this, yep. this central part of the of the field. Like I feel confident when Chance Poulos, Tainer, or uh, Keenan are are in the center of the of the defense. And I also like, yeah, Juan Barahona will be a good addition to the team, but Jordan McCurry is a pretty talented fullback. He has MLS experience. He's kind of like right on that, riding that line between being a backup fullback on an MLS team and yeah. being like a quality USL fullback. It, um, it's almost like the Seattle Sounders were like, well, you're not going to develop into a first team player, so we're going to let you go. But he could definitely be a very talented USL player that maybe he just needs another year yeah. of play or something like that. Um, but. Uh, maybe we should I, – I think we could all say that, like, the back line is, is solid, especially now that Juan Barahona is there, even though we've never seen him play for Sacramento. Right. But It won't for a while. Yeah. Um, but, Zach, you, you watched um, the locomotive game with Rafa mm-hmm. Diaz. Yeah. You were there for the Reno game mm-hmm. with Josh Cohen. Yeah. Um, so you, you've seen two games, uh, one for each of these goalies. Could, could you just maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts, your opinions on on each of them right now? Like just the little bit that you've seen, the snapshot that you've seen. Well, I I've only seen that one game from um, the the El Paso game is the only game I saw from Rafa Diaz, um, and in that game we you know we have three goals scored on us. Uh, third goal lacrosse one tap in it's not nothing he can do uh second goal same thing just it's a tap in nothing he can do the first goal was uh it was a shot from outside the 18 
Oh yeah. Uh you know, slow slow rolling ball. It's through traffic, you know. I I I think I'd like to see him react quicker to that, maybe make a great save. But like not not a big error. Definitely not a big error. So for I feel like at this point to give a fair assessment of Rafa Diaz is hard because I've only seen him play that one game. Um, obviously, there's been multiple mistakes done by Josh Cohen, so I understand the switch. I guess with that, it's like I'm, I'll definitely be looking at Rafa Diaz in the next game and seeing how he plays. Um, I would start him. I would start Rafa over Josh Cohen still in the next game, but keep him on a short leash. If he starts making mistakes, I'm gonna. I would put Josh Cohen right back in the net. Yeah, so, I think it's just tough right now. Yeah, it's not like we saw some spectacular saves by Rafa Diaz. Yeah, I mean he he didn't make any errors. So no, I don't think so. That's new. I there, I didn't really watch his his free kicks very like intentionally. Um, but I don't remember ever a point like saying, "Oh, that was a bad, that was a bad kick." So yeah, I don't think there was any errors there during the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there any other any other thoughts you guys have about um, like squad depth or you know positions of need? Because it feels like we've said like hmm. midfield, wingers, forwards, and like goal goalie. I mean, we're Maybe so. we, maybe we don't need a goalie. We just need somebody to be in form. Everything but the back line, really. Yeah, pretty much. And and honestly, um, well, I don't know about everything but the back line. I think we have like we have pieces. four yeah, it's just really good like number eights, like box yeah. to box guys, like yeah. uh, like Hayden Partain and uh, Drew Skundrick and yeah. Jaime Villarreal, uh-huh. um, and I you know there's maybe another one that we could we could throw in there like. But I feel like those guys are all really good, but they all like do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think part of the so what's because I'm 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 finding myself frustrated with having this playing fielding players. I'm frustrated with it with a midfield pivot with two guys in midfield, but I, I the more I think about it, I see that as a some as a necessary use of players um because we don't have a natural central defensive central defensive midfielder so we need two number eights to kind of fill that like gap Jeremy Hall, yeah. I, I see it as the opposite we don't have a natural number 10 so you it's i think it's easier for a number eight to play defensive midfield than it is for a number eight to like push up and play number two like if you can't make the game breaking pass that the whole offense is centered around then like it doesn't work where if you if you have you know a number eight sit a little bit deeper and to say well hey just maybe cut off some passing lanes like you can kind of play that a little bit yeah that but Cameron Nawasa does fill the 10 rule though when he's healthy does he yeah but then I, I don't I don't think it's it's the same as having Cameron Owasa play striker. Like if you watch him in the El Paso game, like, yeah, he's able to make some really good passes, but then because like the other positions aren't there, 
Like it's not like Cameron Owasa is passing as a as a number ten is passing to an equally talented Cameron Owasa level player yeah. on one of the wings or a striker. So then, like, what what happens is we we lose possession or like Elliot Hoard crosses the ball in, but it's a bad cross or uh, Sam Warner dribbles past someone and then loses the ball or gets the ball out of his feet, but then nothing happens. Like there, I think it's so little production that like, I, I really don't think he is a true number 10. I think he's a, at best, he's a second forward, somebody that can like combine with another forward, mm-hmm. which I think is the idea. Like I, I think in Simon Elliott's mind, like the best formation for Sacramento to play would be like a four, four, one, one, with like Cameron Owasa dropping behind the forward and playing got kind of yeah. like, so there, there's like an Italian term for it, for this position called like a, a, a Trek artista or something. It's like halfway between a number nine and a number 10. Like you're not, you don't maybe have all the creative ability of a number 10, but you're definitely a good scorer, but then you're not really a number nine in the hold up play. You can shoot, but you also have like good passing. That's Cameron Owasa. Like it gives you freedom, yeah. Yeah, and because like he works defensively, so it's not like he's a luxury player, but he's he doesn't fit the true mold in playing the number ten in a four two three one, but then he also doesn't fit the true mold of a striker in a four three three. So I think you have to find a position that works best for him, which I feel like is that second forward. Sacramento doesn't have, I don't think they have the midfielders to play yeah, that. Don't have the depth, yeah. There's flexibility in the back line for sure to play three, four, or five, or six, or seven, or whatever in the back line. But I don't think they have flexibility in the midfield. I think the, I, I think what you, you're saying about the defensive midfielder is true. Like, if you need a guy to start offensive moves, from that number six position, then we don't have that. Like, if that's what Simon Elliott wants, then yes, Ray Sari is not that type of passer. If you just need a number six, like N'Golo Conte, like, hey, your main job is to just break up play. If the only, if the only thing you do is stop every single counterattack known to man, then we're going to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Then okay, Ray Sari could possibly be elite at that, but he doesn't. Have I don't think he has a complete enough game to do what Simon Elliott needs, and it shows everywhere because then everyone has that one less possession, that one less really good chance, and we haven't been capitalizing on the chances that we have. So I think everyone suffers because of that. Is that Nolan's man crush, Ray Sari? Is that is that no, your man? No, no, no. Who no, is it? That's Sam Warner, isn't it? My guy. No, no it's not Sam Warner. It's Hayden Partain. Hayden oh, Hayden Partain. Partain. That's it. That's it. Yeah, Hayden that's Partain. That's your man crush. Wow. Sorry, my my fiance. My fiance's man crush on this team is Sam Warner. Uh, she says he has really? quote magic calves. He he's got <laughs> some quote. big thighs, man. He is a unit. He he's a he's, he's stocky. That man yeah. is a unit. He have you ever seen a pig walk? Like, yeah, he does look like that. Good. Yeah, in a good way. In a, no, in a, in the a best way. way. They are yeah. muscular yeah. legs. Yeah. And you wanna, can carve them up. Yeah, I want to take a bite of those. Oh. <laughs> that ham booty. Whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. Just transition out of that now. Yeah. Scott's 
Beyonce. <laughs> oh my god. Sure. Uh, a wedding. We got a wedding coming up in a yeah, week. In a yeah, week. Um. Okay, so I think we've talked enough about like the players. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone have any thought on on the coach on the manager Simon Elliott? Has he gotten anything wrong tactically? Do we feel like he's doing a good job? A- any thoughts on that? I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> Nolan and Zach were like looking at each other yeah. like, do you want this one? Have, do you want this no, one? No, I, I can. I have something. I think they both have something and that's where yeah, they're like, I, but I, I have something. I, I, okay. I, in I, my infinite <laughs> soccer knowledge and wisdom, yeah, yeah. I think he's setting up this team wrong. I think we've we've talked about it with, with the way that, with talking about Cameron Wasa's not being a true number 10, talking about Ray Sari not being a number six that can make that that cutting pass through the the opposition press i think we need more men in the midfield possess the ball less and make the most of the space that opens up when you invite opposition pressure in because scott you've said yourself you've you've observed that sacramento blocks a lot of shots um correct correct Hmm. in playing in a in a style that doesn't invite in a lot of pressure um so i think that we and we we feel solid in our uh defensive line so it it seems to play to our advantage to invite pressure and know that we can withstand it and then spring a counter with you know a striker whether it be blackwood or bonomo holding up play while awasa runs onto it and a winger gets up with him and they mix it up and encounter and score a goal here, here, or there, and um, yeah, it's just, we aren't good enough. Sac- this Sacramento team and the way they're set up aren't good enough to play in the way that Simon Elliott's asking them to play. In my obs- my observations. Uh, okay, so then let's let's quantify that with describing how Simon Elliott wants this team to play. He wants them. To, he Simon Elliott wants them to play with the ball. So possess it. Possess the ball. Get the fullbacks up. Does anyone have the possession stats for the season? It's not high. It's like 50%. Yeah. Our last game but against I think... El Paso was 47%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's keep going, but let's look at the – maybe Zach could look up the possession stats for the stats. season. Um, now that we're 12 games, 11 games into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it seems like every time – like in the – the last home game against Reno, we were constantly trying to get the ball up the up the wing with a fullback pushed up, and just nothing ever came of it. Like the ball goes out on. Yeah, can I just say this about the El Paso game? Yeah. I think El Paso out Sacramento, Sacramento. Absolutely out Sacramento, Sacramento. Like they, they did what we would like to do, and they did it like way better and more efficiently yes. and way more exciting. Like yes, El Paso just passion. played faster. They, yeah. That's one of the, one of the things I observed during, you know, rewatching that El Paso game is, um, it can, it goes back to mental toughness. We we have these spurts of okay, we now right now we're playing with energy, we're playing with passion, we're running at balls, we're chasing down you know crosses, and then it just lulls, and and it, and it goes back. It just it's mental toughness and uh, the. 
commentator for El Paso at one point was talking about how young Sacramento is. They have an mm-hmm. average age of 23. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, okay. Well, we're young. Yeah, I remember right? that. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you know what? 23 in the USL? I don't feel like that's – there's some younger teams than 23. There are some there – are, there are guys, I mean, in this league that are 15 years old. There, yeah. Yeah. And looking at the starting 11 that we put out against El Paso – I think the youngest player was 23. We have 25-year-olds, 26-year-olds out there. Yeah. It's like we're not that young. It's this shouldn't that should not be a it, problem. It, it's like there is like the majority of people are between 23 and like 26. Or like like 20 22 and like 25 or something like that for an average age yeah. of like 23ish with the so I think that number is brought down because of the four or five academy, academy kids that are 16, 17 years old. Yeah. So they're like, oh, their average age is 23. But really, We're the average age is probably more like 20, 24 or something if you take those yeah. kids out, maybe up to 25. Like, yeah. I mean, you could, if you also take out Deco Keenan, who's 35, but I don't know another guy that's over 30. No, on I this don't team. think there is one. I don't think there's anyone over 30 besides Deco Keenan. So everyone is literally in their prime. Like, yeah. This is, this is when they should be performing almost at their peak. With mental toughness, having yeah. those years in professional Having three to soccer. five years in professional soccer, mm-hmm. minus the, the guys that have you know played in college for the past few years. And, and that third goal that was scored on us during that El Paso game, there's some, qu- there's some dives that are happening. You see Warner take a bad foul because of one. They're, they're, get, they're getting frustrated. And, and that, that energy level, it lulls. It's like, oh. And and all of a sudden a quick pass is sent to the corner, cross in goal. It's like it has to be. You have to be more disciplined than that. And, and I think within commentator was talking about Sacramento's age. He contrasted it with the like two or three like well into their thirties veterans that El Paso has. Like so the the midfielder, mm-hmm. I think his name is Richie Ryan. Like has is like completing the most passes like per game or something like that, or maybe the most passes on the team on the team that completes the most passes per game is a central midfielder. Um, and, and I think there, there's another guy at forward that he said was like well into his thirties another guy at center back, maybe that was well into his thirties. So those are experienced guys yeah. that this expansion team signs to help, you know, bring success early on. And you contrast that with Sacramento who let go of their experience. Like Jeremy Hall is now 30 yeah. and he, they let him go. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's I think just a couple of a couple of other players throughout these past couple seasons that they've said, mm, "You're kind of past it. We're gonna let you go." And I think we, we can touch on something that I wanted to to talk about. I think there's a reason for that, other than just, "Oh, well, we just need to get younger." You know, we can't deal with older players and their injuries. I think the reason for that is Sacramento anticipating a major league soccer expansion. And saying, you know what, we're only going to sign younger players that could potentially develop into Major League Soccer players. But maybe yeah. these guys, for whatever reason, have been overlooked by other Major League Soccer teams. So they said, okay, well, we'll sign these younger guys in the hopes that they'll develop. And if they don't, then they can maybe stick with our two team for a season or two, and then we'll let them go. I think that's been the thought process but the result of that is you maybe sacrifice games now in the hopes of developing those players. It's, I guess I'm just saying like, it feels like mm-hmm. 
Todd Dunavent, the general manager, who was the general manager at LA Galaxy 2, a two-team, before coming here, has basically said, we're going to start acting like a, a two-team before we have the first team. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Am I off? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've thought about that until now, but I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah, I maybe, maybe there's an aspect of that, but something else that I've thought about with MLS expansion being close to certain how that affects the mentality of the players playing this season. Because, like you said, maybe we bring in young guys because uh, we think, oh, you know, maybe two or three of them will be good enough for us to sign as backup whatevers in, in their respective positions. But for the other, you know, nine, eight or nine guys who are on that field who are on a one-year deal with the option to sign for an, a second year, it can't... It, it, I imagine it doesn't feel like you have the support um, of the club... Yeah, you don't feel like they are invested in you. They're invested in putting players on the field for the next year or two until MLS is official, and then they can begin to to build their squad around that. So maybe that has something to do with the mentality, the, the lapses that we've seen on the field this season. Um, obviously, these guys are professionals, and they're they're going to do they're they're going to perform um, and do their job every single time that they take the field but um you you see this in other teams that are transitioning where you know it's just it's known that they're going to have to scrap over the summer and start from from bottom that the team just kind of takes a nosedive loses games that they should win um you know lap loses mental concentration on the field and ends up conceding two or three goals in the span of 10 minutes that's indicative of a team that doesn't feel confident in the doesn't feel valued by their club so yeah so maybe there's maybe there's something going on like in the in the dressing room if you will like maybe there have been some conversations like and players know that this is their you know their last time or their maybe the last season with sacramento because they're moving on but like i i just think if that's the case, like if, if Sacramento is really preparing for their move to major league soccer, then they, they've, and they've, they've maybe not tanked, but like just started preparing for that now. Prioritizing young talent. Right. Um, I think that like, that's a completely different direction than like Cincinnati went. What Cincinnati did is they just signed all the super talented players in USL that they thought hey, maybe you have a shot because you're talented. They really maybe didn't look at the age. They just said, you're super talented at this level. Let's sign you and in your contract, we'll say, hey, if we get the Major League Soccer expansion bid, then we have the option to roll your contract over to Major League Soccer at this number for this many years or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it feels like I wouldn't be surprised if... Sacramento has that with a couple of guys like Juan Barahona or like Cameron Awasa. Um, those would be the only two, and I haven't even seen Juan Barahona play, but those would be the only two yeah. that kind of stick out to me and go, okay, yeah, these guys could probably cut it at the next level. Yeah. Um, 
Which, and I think it, if there's there's an optimistic uh, angle to take here, I think like watching Sam Warner play, the thought has occurred to me of, you know, I think this guy can get a lot better, and he's already he's already a solid starter for us. Yeah, it just I just feel like his ceiling as a player is a lot higher than it is right now, which yeah. is exciting. I think Drew Scundrich is another one I, I could say that Agreed. about. Um, so like, there's people. I, I I there's probably a couple more that that could be said. They're starting and they have a very high ceiling. I, I mean, uh, Nolan kind of mentioned it already with Jordan McCray. Like maybe you, you signed him uh-huh. thinking that he could be the backup yeah. right back. Um, I, I I know you you could say the thing the same thing with probably a, a couple of different guys at different positions. But well, you know they they could be the backup or the you know, the the guy that rotates on the bench every once in a while and potentially they show really well and they make a name for themselves in, in Major League Soccer. Even if they're just a journeyman, you know that they're going to get 10 games, maybe a 1,000 minutes a season. Hey, that, guys have made careers doing that. Yep. Showing up in spurts, flashing, and then getting hurt or just getting replaced, whatever. So, it, I mean, it, if that's the case, that I... I I want to say that's fine, but then yeah, I just feel like that just takes all the wind out of our sails yeah. with this Major League Soccer expansion bid potentially coming. I mean, and nothing is guaranteed. Nope. Um, and you want momentum carrying into that yeah. for a fan base. But I, if there's one thing that makes me go, okay, I think Sacramento has been told behind closed doors in private that they have it, it it's it is the Juan Barahona signing because like I, I was talking with Nolan uh, the other night like this guy really feels like he is the first choice left back for the El Salvador national team okay maybe the El Salvadorian national team isn't like World Cup quality but there are some pretty talented guys on that team and you look there you know there are some guys in you know that are playing for them in Major League Soccer and. I, I just think that you bring Juan Barona in with the carrot of, hey, we're about to become a major league soccer team. This is what your contract is going to look like for USL. And then this is what it's going to look, look like for major league soccer. But don't tell anybody that we're going to become a major league soccer team because that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I that's that's why I, I I feel like maybe we're headed down this path of don't expect a lot of things to be corrected right now because as a the general manager or, or the owners of the team why would you invest money in players for this season when you're going to have to let them all go like like what like if you, even if you had a transfer budget which we're not even sure Sacramento does uh-huh. why why like what what's the point why focus at all on this season when you could dedicate more resources toward next season or like whenever the major league soccer season comes around that they would play in probably it would be like probably like 2021. Um, and if that's the case, then I think Sacramento probably has a, a, you know, going fast forwarding to next year. It'll be interesting to see how they respond then, you know, do they kind of double down on their efforts now and only bring in like 18, 19, 20 year olds? Do they, use some of that major league soccer money and bring in some major league soccer players for a a season. I don't know. Um, 
but I, I don't. Does anyone have? Does anyone else have anything about how maybe the potential major league soccer expansion kind of connects to our form right now? Because in my head, there's a complete connection. Yeah, honestly, I didn't really think about it until you until you mentioned it. But it makes a lot of sense. Like I can see that. Yeah, I, I think. Yes, I think attentions are diverted elsewhere um, across the board at the club. So from the level of the players to the level of the um, board of directors, I, I, I don't think anyone is necessarily concerned. Not not that they're not concerned. I think that the uh, there's only so much effort that you can direct at a certain aspect of the club at one time and it's kind of the game of do we freak out now and try to fix what's going on in the usl and or do we look ahead because 2021 sounds it, honestly to me it doesn't sound far away but for some people it might be like oh it's three years away or two years away or whatever but that's literally a season and a half away like so if in in almost like to prepare for MLS, you need to, that needs to start happening now. So, yeah, I think I think the attention isn't. It's like get the players to the games, have them play. They're professionals; they'll be focused. But just there's that intangible. Uh, yeah, there's. It doesn't feel like you're playing for a club that has your back. It feels like you're playing for a club that's ready to transition which it has to affect the way that you play. And, and, and I feel like the fans feel that in the stands because uh, uh, as we've mentioned before, like the team isn't announcing sellouts yeah. anymore. They're not announcing attendance mm-hmm. at all because anything less than a sellout is like, you know, a failure for them. Yeah. And I mean, we've been to games this year. Yeah. There's, they're not, they're not it's not that they're not selling. Like the, what they were announcing before was ticket sales. Yeah. So they were announcing how many physical not or like gate count, not attendance. Yeah. Right. People, if you glance at it, you go, "Oh, it's another sellout." Like, yes, wow, there's eleven thousand five hundred people there. Really, there was eight or nine thousand people there, and now this year it feels like there's seven thousand. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, there, yeah. and and not all the tickets are being sold. It's something like ten to maybe ten thousand five hundred tickets are being sold. Which is still pretty good for any team in the USL. Yeah, it is. You, you know, even if their attendance numbers are seven thousand five hundred or whatever, like that's still pretty good for any USL team. So, I, but I, I think that's indicative of when Zach, when we first started going to the games, mm-hmm. was that four years ago, five five years ago? Yeah, I think five years ago. Five years ago. I mean, there, it was. Almost, it literally was almost an attendance sellout. It felt like every game. It was, yep. it, it was, it felt like it, was, it felt like a sellout. Yeah, you know, ten thousand nine hundred to eleven thousand five hundred every game. You know, there was, there was almost every seat was full. And that first, that first season, we had season tickets. It, you know, there's, there's probably ten thousand people in those stands. Yeah, at least. Yeah, it's, even it's packed. Yeah. It's it's packed. And you can feel it, you can hear it, 
you know, it, there's a difference. Yeah. And now, like, when we go, it it's it, – I mean, it's still fun because we're watching the team that we like to watch. Yeah. But the, the energy, energy isn't there. And there's still energy, but, it's, yeah, it's not – it's a, a lot less than it was. Yeah. And even at the Reno game, after – it was kind of pathetic, actually, after the third goal went in. We, we could hear the – the, 50 Reno fans. Yeah, the Reno on the other section. end of the field. Yeah, more than in the battalion, people were leaving. Yeah, like we looked there at the end of the game, and they had literally the, half of the battalion had left. Yeah, yep. I, I think that has to be the biggest sign of like, okay, things are yeah. things are these are not going well. Fanatics. When the 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 people that literally pay to be a part of a club yeah, yeah. that stands for the whole match and yells and drinks and yells and drinks and you know takes up a collection for houston flood victims <laughs> yeah um when they are the 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 self-proclaimed most dedicated fans and, and they're they're leaving. leaving early and not just that they're leaving early their numbers over the past five years have oh, been oh, dropping yeah. drastic you can tell like oh yeah match attend like i i think there are probably more people that are like dues paying members than when they first started, but there are less people that stand with them during the match. Mm-hmm. Like the the guy that we were talking to um, this last match, he's like, yeah, I'm a part of the battalion. I pay my dues. I have the scarf and everything, but I don't stand with them. That's not really my thing. I think there are probably more of those people than there, there were five years ago, but there are definitely less people that stand with them and cheer yeah and i I think that's an interesting observation um because it's hard to gauge the success so here may i go on a go for it a little a little uh walk little walk so walk with me everyone um so soccer historically in europe um was kind of the blue-collared workers entertainment. And this is a very rough and shoddy version of actually really good soccer supporter history that's been done by um, some great journalists. If you have an author, I'm looking at his name right now because he's on my bookshelf, Jonathan Wilson has written some really great uh, books about the history of soccer. But check him out. Check out his friends because they kind of have this like group of journalists that kind of go on different projects together. The, um, so in the eighties and nineties, uh, the fans were getting so rowdy, especially in England and in Germany that, um, they began to essentially price out the, uh, blue collar workers from coming into the games, um, because it was getting violent or whatever. So they justified it by appealing to like set. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they were, like, settling the unrest or whatever. So then this became this kind of, like, higher-class sport where you're not, you know, you have your your uh, box sweets and your, you know, you have your grapes and your wine and your cheese platter out there and, you know, you <clears throat> wine and dine your your boss or whatever at the game. And while, the, while the, the lads are running down below, you talk about these, you know, the next business venture or whatever. Um, so it has been going that direct soccer has been going that direction in Europe for a while. The kind of fanatic fan culture, um, has been dwindling 
significantly. In England especially, in Italy is kind of the last of the top I hate saying top five leagues because I don't consider French, French league a top a top league. So yeah. I, I consider the top four leagues: Germany, France. Sorry, Germany, Italy, uh, Germany, Spain. Italy, England, and Spain. Um, anyway, that's my bias against the French. <laughs> and um, where was I? Yes. Yeah, so the supporter sections in Italy are very big, but those are slowly those are being killed with the building of these new stadiums. Um, so the Alliance Arena that Juventus now play in, uh, kind of tore out 150 years of history that they had played in. I forget the name of the state where they had played before. Um, but when you remove that landmark um, and then replace it with this very advanced stadium, you're just not going to bring... The, the People aren't going to be able to afford to come in, and it's going to appeal to... Uh, it's going to become more of a status symbol than it is a community, um, which which teams like uh, Rome, Inter Milan, AC Milan, and then the other, like Sampdoria and Atalanta, who are going to, I think, have Champions League football next year. Um, they still have their support segments. But anyway, with ML, this comes back to Sacramento. Uh, Dortmund is famous for their big yellow wall or whatever mm-hmm. that they have. Um, but they're... F- a unique club in that I'm not super clear on the business side of it, but they're a 50 plus one. Well, that's all German clubs. Oh, it's all German. Okay. So technically, but Ra- there's no way Bayern Munich is. Rassen Ball Sport Leipzig is technically a 50 plus one. Yeah, but they're owned by Red Bull, but they're owned that, that, so it, so the, the rule in Germany hmm. is that your clubs need to be a 50% plus one per whatever person, mm-hmm. uh, supporter owned. Right. So the idea is that it will that that should block against any large elitism, corporate, right? Um, like you know Manchester City, like Citizen Football Group comes in and just buys a team, yeah, and can't fill a stadium. So what Red Bull did was they took like ten of their investors, and, and the supporters have to be like German citizen, yeah. like like you have to like legitimately be a supporter of the club, yeah. Um, so they basically just found like. 10 wealthy people and we're like, Hey, buy this club for us and we're going to foot, foot the rest of it. And this is what we're going to do. And the 10 guys went, okay. So okay. they, they became the 50 plus one and then Red Bull are the other 49%. Okay. Percent. So th- they're the one outlier yeah. in Germany. Okay. Um, and then, and basically those, oh, I, I, th- I think that's right. And, and then the next step they did is they basically said, buy it you're gonna have like no say though like and so so it's those those like those those billionaire millionaire people and then like also a percentage of the supporters have to be like the normal working class people but they basically just don't listen to them yeah because there are like a lot of german fans that like do not like that yeah But, but it's because like they have a legit like say um i don't know like another club like uh, on track Frankfurt, like mm-hmm. if you, like you being a, a a member of that club, like you legitimately have a financial stake mm-hmm. in that club. Like uh, if that club does well, then like your not, stock goes up. Yeah, your 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 stock, whatever percentage technically that you own, or that you're 
I, I don't, I, see, I'm, I'm still confused as how it works. I don't know if it's like you own a percent of the club or yeah. you, you actually have a say in like what happens. Right. Like you could vote out the director of football or like, like, like the, the owner, like the supporters. That sounds crazy. Section. Like you get like a, a vote, like when all of the people get together, like if, 80% of the supporters are like, yes, we vote to get, get this guy out. Then that's like a yes vote amongst all the other. It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an odd system, but like mm. it, it works in terms of like fan engagement. Yeah. So I guess what, what it sounds like you're saying is like compared to some other leagues in like around the world, there is way more fan engagement and like community right. buy-in. Whereas Sacramento doesn't, necessarily have that history there, there was with the usl team because it feels like this grassroots homegrown thing yeah. that we can all get behind and they're small and but they're strong and like just like us kind of a thing and now with mls seeming to be uh imminent there's oh wow take it right like scott you probably it's gonna be very like very very hard to be a season ticket holder when when uh MLS comes to Sacramento. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. Sell drugs or something like that. Your body. I don't know. But it's, <laughs> it's prices are going to go up. Like I was talking to a, uh, a family friend recently and about Sacramento and they love going to games. I'm like, isn't it cool? Like, like somehow MLS expansion came up. Like, no, like we don't want that. Like we're not going to be able to afford to take us and our three kids to the games. Um, it's just going to be too expensive. Like we like Sacramento as it is so maybe there's the the so you're saying maybe, maybe they're gonna price out some of their fans right so we're we're seeing this like fanatic supporter section phase out and then now you know we're giving you know there's these companies that are giving their employees tickets and bringing them to the games like and, this corporate elitism is taking right, over it's taking over in Sacramento which is neither that's like the, the gray like it. the dark the maybe like the darker side of MLS. major league soccer being like that corporate structure. Yeah. Like you don't like Sacramento at this point, if they become a major league soccer team, like they are not the Sacramento Republic. They are a branch of major league soccer. Right. With the branding of Sacramento Republic. Right. They are not their own individual team. Yeah. Technically they are not their own individual team. Now they are a branch of USL. Right. But they're given way more freedom. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, this got depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't we told you to buckle in when we, last episode. Um Okay, bioethics, no. Soccer ethics. Soccer, Soccer ethics. ethics. That's what you need to study. That's what you need to study. Screw yeah. capitalism. We out. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's go to start a league in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I I feel like we've pretty well covered everything. Is there anything else that we we wanted to, I mean, there, we could go on about more oh, things. Like I have one thing. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of finances. Yeah. Um, Sacramento today at 2 PM, which somehow Scott knew about yeah. already <laughs> here at six o'clock. He knew well, no, we like when, when, o'clock. when I freaked out and thought that I knew something Scott didn't, he knew what I thought he didn't know. He's like, <laughs> is this the New Jersey announcement? I'm that good. And I just <laughs> freaked out and Zach saw it and oh, that was frustrating. I, I think I need to clarify, like, no one got really excited. Yeah, he was very. excited. He was yeah. like, Zach, do you think? Do you think Scott knows this? I thought they released this at 
2 p.m. today. He's <laughs> like, Should do I you think he knows? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to wait. I want to surprise wait. him on the show. Yeah. And then I was like, what if I guess it? <laughs> First guess. <laughs> yeah. And Nolan was like, you won't guess it, man. Yeah. I was like, it's the jersey. <laughs> it's like, ah, pit. <laughs> <laughs> he got so it sad. Is. But, yes, my, my my last comment was the jersey. And speaking of financial disparity... Um, it is ninety dollars, but it was also my birthday recently. So if you, I already got you a jersey. You appre- no, I'm talking to the listeners. Here, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you appreciate me, Nolan, please a lot in his sensual voice. In my sensual voice. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, and I'm sick, so it's even deeper. Has that voice come out if yet you, on the podcast? No, oh, I don't no, think no. so. That was, that was a cameo. That was the first time. That was. No, if you're listening still, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Hello there. Oh my <laughs> gosh. We just lost everyone. You know, you know the three the three listeners we had before? They're, yeah, gone. they're gone. They ran away. Bye. <laughs> wait, wait, come back because I want the jerseys. You can send it to me at 916republic.com. And then uh, once we have uh, a personal relationship, I can send you my address and you can have it shipped to my home address. <laughs> Size medium. And You're a medium? I'm a medium. I got you a large. It fits. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a Marge. He's a he's a he's a hybrid. Oh, yeah. Marge. Okay. I, li- I like him. A Ledium. A Ledium. There you go. A A Marge. A Marge. And I'm sure Zach and Scott Hi, Marge. Would appreciate one too. Oh, so dude, I would love it. If you uh if yeah. you were saving for a season I, ticket. I'm gonna be honest, don't give me this jersey. I don't you I'm don't not like I don't know if I like it. Blue. Why is it blue? See, blue I like goes it well with my eyes s- and my skin color. Zoom in. So I would like that jersey. That was never a thought that crossed my mind. Um <laughs> I also think it looks color. cool. I just don't like the blue. A tower bridge, I like it. A cloud. No. <laughs> Herbs <laughs> and Dominaba. Sorry. And a bear on it. In speckled designs. And I it think it's ugly. Hugs your chest. <laughs> I, you I think it's so ugly. Why? I don't. And it has the Sacramento parks. So it's supposed to like represent Sacramento, yeah. right? Um, and that's like the the blue. I guess is like from the flag like the city of sacramento's flag. flag thank you nobody <laughs> knows we have a flag we don't even live in sacramento that's why we don't know people have you seen the vacaville flag uh no, no. thank you <laughs> precisely oh it's blue i just googled oh, it the sacramento it's hideous flag? <laughs> thank you that's what i'm saying i looked it up and i was like why would you like, model your jersey after this it looks like a four-year-old oh, finger painting it looks I, like a fourth you, grade can project you tilt it? It looks like yeah. a finger painting. Okay? okay, so for those of you who haven't Googled the Sacramento flag, first no. of all, Google it. But basically, it looks like there's a white squiggle, a blue squiggle with a yellow dot, and then a lighter blue squiggle with a green dot, and then this That's small, yellow. like, like the city crest, Seal. which has, like, five different panels on this circle. But it looks like it was a stencil, and a kid used... It doesn't even look like a stencil. A gold crayon to it outline like, it. It looks like finger painting. Yeah. Like, I don't... Uh, I don't understand. I don't like it. I all. think they could have just done better with do, like, a light blue top. Oh, I, your computer's touching. Like, a light blue top with white shorts and then dark blue socks. Yeah. And to just have the same Sacramento logo. Yeah. Like, the Republic logo. Or, like, lightning or something cool. Like Lightning. We need to be zapped just, out. We don't need to be like soothed with this. This is some like <laughs> blue. River. This is this is this is a city. I just don't get it. The city we need flag to be electrified right now. I think it's like the white is maybe supposed to be like the river, 
but the river is blue or brown depending on where you are that's very true so if you are a graphics design major please do something about this flag fix this because it's horrible (laughs) it is uh can you just go back to the jersey real fast oh yeah that's maddie b now maddie b's graphic design major oh, yeah just btw yeah oh i didn't want to look at it again why did i ask you oh, to do but that it looks kind of cool and the flag the hideous flag is on the left right sleeve the right yeah and it's pointed backwards because we always retreat <laughs> we always advance we always advance <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm doing oh, and, and on that note yeah and on that note again my size is medium <laughs> so oh gosh well is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the the state of the club i don't know i think we covered it i think we covered it pretty well yeah 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 i agree i think so uh basically the bottom line is don't expect it to get better anytime soon yeah and if it does be pleasantly surprised yeah (laughs) Yeah. but But also don't get too discouraged i have to point to our track record in the things that we say we're rarely wrong yeah yeah we should go into like investment banking because we're <laughs> yeah. really good at what we do or the new mls team should hire us as like analytics guys That'd yeah sick we, league, we are we are a league and team strategist Ooh. we analyze what's going on around the league we just and polls. predict trends yeah. market yourself market yeah. yourself speaking of marketing yourselves yeah we have social media accounts it is oh true. We are uh, at 916Republic on Twitter. There you go. We are also 916Republic on Instagram. Uh-huh. We are also 916Republic at gmail.com. Gmail. We are also in the process of creating stickers. Stickers. Um, decals. Scott, decals. Those are, the, those are the, the trendy, professional, classy stickers. And we are going and to... with the gentrification of the Sacramento Republic, yeah. we need to say decals, not stickers. Decals. Yes, yes, Excuse yes. me. Yes, yes. Um, so those are in the works as in, I looked up a couple websites this afternoon. <laughs> it's in, it's, that's as far as we've gotten. Um, <laughs> some, some apparel, some apparel. Yeah. Ooh, Apparel's a bit a more expensive. Hat. We're going to have to talk about it. Did apparel. you look at some dad hats? Yeah. They're not right. cheap. Okay. Um, uh, unless you crap. buy in bulk, <laughs> which, <laughs> which would be like a thousand, <laughs> which would be kind we of futile. Up, yeah, it's set like, up a stand. It's like, yeah. It's, it's, it's confusing because. They'll be like, oh, they're only seven ninety nine a hat. But, there's a but you have to buy a thousand. Sick. So You know what we should start tailgating at Sac Republic and like But that costs money. Like, Screw that you, costs Sacramento. So, so to okay, to tailgate at Sacramento Republic, it it, it costs you ten dollars to park in the parking lot, and then they charge you another five dollars to, to tailgate. It costs fifteen dollars. To tailgate and what if drink you just beer. Pay to park. All right, and then... all right. It's five bucks each for each of us. I am not paying that. I know. I know. We should I tailgate refuse. with the the people at that one, like on the other side of the freeway. They you have a picnic where we park. Yeah, yeah. They, they have picnic they, benches, they benches and people tailgate there. there. They're legends. Yeah, and they're the true fans because they they because they ain't paying fifteen dollars. No, no. I'm sorry. I already pay fifteen dollars to. Ta- I don't have thirty dollars. No. for every game. No. no, nobody does. Nobody does. Well, start winning. <laughs> Start winning and you'll pay more? No. <laughs> start winning in general. So I was like, where are you going no, with this? But I will be closer. $15 of my money should be enough <laughs> to do that. To fix all our problems. Yes. yes. 12th to 1st, $15. Make yeah. it happen. Come on. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, 
There's a silver lining to every story. Okay, so then well, okay, well let's end with this. What would the silver lining be? What if Sacramento is successful? It's because what if there if there is a turnaround this season? Yes, this season okay. Sacramento this season. turns around from below the playoffs to I, I think a successful season would just be Far making out. the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Sacramento's ceiling is probably so. Like the way the playoffs work is like for this year. In case you guys don't know, it's um, one through ten technically are in the playoffs. Ooh. Seven plays ten, and then eight plays nine in a in like a play-in round for like a wild card. It's like the wild okay. cards. Okay. Yeah, think of it like the wild card. Like baseball, wild baseball, cards, football, yeah. same same type yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So then the winner of those two get reseeded, and it's now one through eight. The first seed plays the eight seed. Two seed plays the seven seed. So you want to be I mean, if you make it in at 9 or 10, that's cool. But then you're going to be going on the road midweek, and you don't want to do that. And then having to potentially win and then play on the weekend, and you're going to have to go on the road again. So I think Sacramento's ceiling is above that. So then you don't want to be – 9 or 10. Yeah, you don't want to be 9 or 10. But then above that, if you make it in the playoffs and you're spot 7 or 8, then you're going to have to host midweek and then probably go on the road. You're going to have to go on the road if you win that game. That's tough, yeah. I think Sacramento ceiling is probably even above that. If you make it into the fifth or sixth spot, then you don't have the midweek game, but you are going to have to go on the road on the weekend and play in that that playoff game. I think five and six is probably Sacramento's ceiling. I don't see them being a top four team. No, that that's not that's not them. No, we're already one third of the way through the season. Yeah, and I think their floor is probably like fourteen. Yeah, like. Not even close to the playoffs. Yeah, but the the Western Conference is still pretty wide open. It is that that is the silver lining. If you look at the table, let's say Sacramento wins their next two games, which I don't think San Antonio is a. They're not very good this year. They're not very good. I think Sacramento can beat them. Their next game after that is New Mexico, who they're are good. pretty good. But let's just say Sacramento wins their next two games. They're right back into the middle of the playoffs. Yep. So you can take if like everything it, this could just be a terrible run of form and then all of a sudden sacramento swings back and they're able to you know have you know just finish the season the rest of the the two-thirds of the season strong and yeah this is all a complete overreaction that's it, possible it's, po- it's it's i don't think it's probable i don't think but it's, it's possible but one of the main things we talked about today is is mental toughness and how that's played into a lot of our losses that's something that is not you can have i don't know i guess that comes more from Simon Elliott maybe you can you can have a coach inspire his his players and and, and pinpoint this as a a priority that we need to fix we need to be more mental mentally tough that's what we're going to do the next game we play that's what we're focusing on that whoever whatever challenges come up whatever bumps come along in that game whether we get down a goal it doesn't matter we're going to stay mentally tough and and maybe a game, you, you go through a game, and that's the case. We go down one, we battle back. We go, we go up 2-1. We win the game 2-1. We show up, and they show them, themselves, hey, we can be mentally tough. And that carries over, carries over to the next game. And they're mentally tough in that game. And, and it can carry over, and, and that momentum builds. And so it's, it's not something that's impossible to fix. And I think if that is something that's fixed, which is impo- improbable but not impossible, we can see a turnaround in this season. For me, I think it's that Sam Werner and 
Juice Gundrich make finally make the leap from really, 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 really good NCAA players to top 25% USL attacking players um, mm-hmm. because they just need to start producing in attack. If they do... And we've seen glimpses. We've seen glimpses, but there needs to be a full 90 minutes. So, so you're resting the the success of the season on two players on, on primarily on the improvement of those two guys like if they improve then sacramento improves dramatically i think, I th- I I think i'm not this, saying you're wrong i'm just i'm I just, think I just success, want to clarify I, I think the season will turn around if we start scoring goals and i think those two guys are key mm-hmm. to that happening yeah and, and i think another point to that would be if I think you could just expound upon that and say just like the midfield. Because I think if you look at a lot of the goals that have been scored on Sacramento, a lot of them have been uh, poor midfield defensive play. Like not slowing counters enough, not being in spots to mark on running midfielders that score, um, things like that. Not Not being able to maintain possession. That's the biggest thing for me if sacramento i think sacramento becomes more successful when they can complete simple passes yeah like just just hang on to the ball complete simple passes and have an idea of how you want to break down a team using the ball so you know like not so okay without like going on too big of a tangent in the past sacramento has used the ball to create space so they, they pass from one side to the other. Um, they'll draw people in by, you know, re- maintaining possession, draw people out, whatever, things like that. They're not doing that as much because they can't complete strings of passes. They can't get into any rhythm. So I think if Sacramento is successful, they're going to do that more frequently. And that's, I think, what Nolan is saying, like, Drew Skundrick is going to cycle possession like he is supposed to do. Pass, 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 pass. And eventually Sam Werner is going to get the ball now in a dangerous situation because the the team has been pulled out. Like when we've seen, we, we've talked about it before, how Sacramento will have a big switch to a wide open Drew Skundrick on the flank because the whole uh, defense of the opposing team was sucked in to the, to the other side. So I, I think that's, that's what it is for 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 me as well. Yeah. Cool. How long has this been, Scott? Uh, about an hour and fifteen minutes. Holy, nice. Days. That's a that's a, long that's a solid. I mean, that's a that's a usual podcast. Usually about an hour. We we try to keep it under forty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but this was a bigger show. This it was, was a big show. This, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. We did have a lot, and there were three of us, so there was there, even there were three. There were more Trio. chefs in the the kitchen. There were more chefs in the kitchen, and there was more to play with. Yeah. Cool. I saw your eyes when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> um, hopefully Sacramento is successful. Hopefully the ship is yes. turned around. Don't lose hope. Yeah. Not yet. Not don't 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 base your your emotions. Don't don't tell yourself you're gonna have a good or bad day, depending on how Sacramento performs. <laughs> Just enjoy it. 
In case you are basing your sanity on Sacramento's performance, <laughs> just know. Nolan is telling you not to. Just know. Because you will commit suicide There's at some point, a... is what he's saying. <laughs> no, no, not quite there yet. Oh, There's okay, good... sorry. But, but we <laughs> are trending that it's way. All about, it's all about perception, so just know that there's a good chance at least one team on the field will win the game. Can you think about it that way? <laughs> that is all. There's a strong that chance that someone will be successful. Yeah. Oh. There might be a draw, and oh, then no one will be happy. Yeah, and but there's those zero zero draws, and yeah. you're just like, why did I come? But there's a good chance draws don't happen. At this point, frequently. I think we take those zero zero draws. I would, yeah, yeah. That's another discussion for that's, another day because oh, defensive football is not not exciting football. Yes, true, sense. true. Yes. All right. Well, we will be back next week with. Uh, a more in-depth interview of our friend Zach so you can get to know him. Uh, so with that, as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento. You have to say-